Good morning, everybody. This is Sean Copeland. Today is Saturday, June the 17th, two days before my 50th birthday. Uh, you can send cash or uh, checks, whatever you prefer. And I want to welcome you to another brand new, life-changing edition of the Kingdom Driven CEO. This is going to be such a fun weekend. We're heading out in just a little bit to go to Arkansas to a little league uh, baseball tournament, which you guys know I love. And uh, then we'll come back. We have the day off on Monday for Juneteenth, which also coincides with my birthday. So we're going to be able to uh, spend some time hanging out by the pool and hopefully spend time with family. So I'm really, really uh, excited to come to you this morning. This morning, I want to share with you a teaching around how to handle adversity. And I think you're really going to uh, like this. And it's something that we all are dealing with, whether it's adversity in our lives adversity in friends' lives or just in our world in general, how are we going to deal with this? So let me open with a quick story uh, for you. A young woman went to her mother and told her about her life and how things were so hard for her. She didn't know how she was going to make it and wanted to give up. She was tired of fighting and struggling. It seemed as if one problem was solved, a new one arose. Her mother took her to the kitchen. She filled three pots with water. In the first, she placed carrots. In the second, she placed eggs. And in the last, she placed ground coffee beans. She let them sit and boil without saying a word. In about 20 minutes, she turned off the burners. She fished the carrots out and placed them in a bowl. She pulled the eggs out and placed them in a bowl. Then she ladled the coffee into a bowl. Turning to her daughter, she asked, "'Tell me what you see.'" Carrots, eggs, and coffee, she replied. She brought her closer and asked her to fill the carrots. She did and noted that they were soft. She then asked her to take an egg and break it. After pulling off the shell, she observed the hard-boiled egg. Finally, she asked her to sip the coffee. The daughter smiled as she tasted its rich aroma. The daughter then asked, what's the point, mother? Her mother explained that each of these objects had faced the same adversity, boiling water, but each reacted differently. The carrot went in strong, hard, and unrelenting. However, after being subjected to the boiling water, it softened and became weak. The egg had been fragile. Its thin outer shell had protected its liquid interior, but after being through the boiling water, its inside became hardened. The ground coffee beans were unique, however. After they were in the boiling water, they had changed the water. Which are you, she asked her daughter. When adversity knocks on your door, how do you respond? Are you a carrot, an egg, or a coffee bean? Think of this. Which am I? Am I the carrot that seems strong, but with pain and adversity, do I wilt and become soft and lose my strength? Am I the egg that starts with a malleable heart, but changes with the heat? Did I have a fluid spirit, but after death, a breakup, a financial hardship, or some other trial, have I become hardened and stiff? Does my shell look the same, but on the inside I am bitter and tough with a stiff spirit and a hardened heart? Or am I like the coffee bean? The bean actually changes the hot water, the very circumstance that brings the pain. When the water gets hot, it releases the fragrance and flavor. If you are like the bean, when things are at your worst, you get better and change the situation around you. When the hours are the darkest and trials are their greatest, do you elevate to another level? 
How do you handle adversity? And I want to read this uh, devotional to you. It says, I am creating something new in you, a bubbling spring of joy that spills over into others' lives. Do not mistake this joy for your own or try to take credit for it in any way. Instead, watch and delight as my spirit flows through you to bless others. Let yourself become a reservoir of the Spirit's fruit. Your part is to live close to me, open to all that I am doing in you. Don't try to control the streaming of my spirit through you. Just keep focusing on me as we walk through this day together. Enjoy my presence, which permeates you with love, joy, and peace. So God wants to create something new in us. And the way that we can handle adversity and continue to bless others is by letting the Holy Spirit transform us with a spirit of love, joy, and peace. And if we think about this, love is an intense feeling of deep affection. Joy is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. And peace is a state of tranquility or quiet. Wouldn't we all love to feel love, joy, and peace and share it wherever we go? John 3 verse 8 says, The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. You and I can live this life. We can have a peace that surpasses all understanding, but the only way is to live close to Jesus Christ through abiding with him. I saw an example of this. My executive assistant at the bank, uh, her name is Shelly, and her father passed away recently after a pretty lengthy illness, and uh, it was one of the most amazing uh, funerals I've ever seen. First of all, there were so many people there. I mean, they go to a small church in Sepulpa, Oklahoma, and I don't know how all the people fit inside uh, this church. And the elders of the church spoke and talked about what an impact that her father, Dale, had had on their lives. And it became very obvious that he lived a life of joy. When you look, they had a beautiful slideshow about his life. And it was him and the grandchildren dressed, you know, dressed up in funny costumes. And it was him playing uh jokes on his friends. And, you know, he lived a life of joy, but he lost his son when his son was 34 years old. It wasn't as if this man hadn't dealt with extreme adversity in his life. His son had throat cancer, uh, Michael, but Dale continued to bless others around him. My friend Scott Burnett lives with joy even though he went through a stroke that literally paralyzed him. He said that it was harder for him to move his little finger than it used to be for him to run an entire marathon. You know, I look at uh, Pastor Rubens, who I go on mission trips with. He lives in joy. My uh, partner in riding 94X, Mick Skuvanek, lives in joy. And it doesn't matter what their circumstances are. They allow the Holy Spirit, the light of the Father, to shine through them. One of the coolest things, one of my greatest uh, compliments is we I always go to breakfast at a restaurant called BBD2 here at 81st and Harvard in Tulsa. Every time I go in, 
all of the waiters, waitresses, cooks, everybody always call me Smiley because I'm always smiling. And they always talk about how it brightens their day. You and I can do that because of the love of Jesus Christ. So the question is, what would others say about you? You can't fake it or pretend it. It has to be the Holy Spirit shining through us. Proverbs 4, 11, and 12 says, I guide you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. We can't control it. We just have to stay close, so close to Jesus that his light shines through us. Uh, yesterday, I was meeting with a friend of mine, Jeff Hager, and Jeff was telling me this remarkable story about Moses and how Moses, there are very, very few people who have ever fasted for 40 days in the Bible, and Moses did it twice. He fasted for 40 days. God gave him the Ten Commandments at the end of the 40 days. He brought the Ten Commandments down and saw that Israel was not living for God. Uh, he became very, very frustrated, actually broke the Ten Commandments, went up to back up on the hill, fasted for another 40 days, and that is when God gave him the Ark of the Covenant. But before he gave him the Ark of the Covenant, he had to uh, persuade God not to do away with all the people. And the amazing thing is he became so close to God that the scripture says that when he came back down from the mountain, his face shone brightly like the sun. Much like Jesus during the transfiguration when he came back uh, after resurrection. That is how close he was to God. Now, our faces may not shine like the sun, but our smile can and our life can. He can shine through us. We can live the life. Moses was just a man. He wasn't God. A lot of times, you know, I tend to uh, minimize what Jesus did because I'm like, well, he was God. You know, anybody can do that. Not Moses. Moses was just like you and me. He was just so close to God that they talked regularly um, in, in his face literally shone. So how can we allow God to do this in our lives? You know, I struggled with anxiety for years. I would run worst case scenarios in my mind over and over and over. I would journal, why am I not happier? I have everything that I ever wanted. And what I began to realize is it was because I was living in fear and I did not trust in God. Over time, he changed me. He transformed me through abiding, just studying the life of Jesus, longing to live like Jesus, talking to Jesus all the time, remaining with him all the time. My wife, Angela, is the perfect example of this. She went through a cancer a few years back, and she chose uh, joy. She would take, she's in the middle of cancer, chemo treatment. She's taking brownies to people in the hospital. She's breaking brownies every day for somebody else. She has the best brownies, by the way. She basically just said, this is not going to take my joy because God's got this. And every time she would go into chemo, she would write on her little whiteboard, God's got this, and we would take a picture, chemo number 16, 17, 18, God's still got this. It was amazing. 
The Bible says that the thief has come to kill, steal, and destroy. This is Satan. But Jesus came that we might have life and experience it more abundantly. Galatians 5, and 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such law there is against such things there is no law so who do you know in your life that emanates love peace and joy not faking it not pretending you know that it is real it is not situational it's not just on a good day it is all the time. I have many friends. Dr. Jim Halligan practiced this. Uh, John Locker, Gorney Williams, David Edens, uh, Brittany, Jeff Hager, uh, Jim Schmidt. I have watched these individuals go through so many challenges in their life, but yet they are so attractive because they have joy all the time. Let's ask God to transform us to be that person today. Let me share one final thought with you before we wrap up today, and that is let's not allow comparison to steal our joy. Let's be aware of the beauty and blessings around us, beauty of nature, good friends, our job, our car, our home, our family, Jesus Christ dying on the cross for us. Let's focus and run our race. You know, Bill Murray said that social media has caused too much comparison and is the thief of joy. We don't know their life. We need to focus on ours. And it is true. Comparison can be the thief of joy. We cannot look to others for our source of joy. It becomes disappointing. Joel Osteen said that if if you're struggling with this, just imagine your life without whatever it is you don't like. So imagine your life without your spouse, being all alone, without your car, walking to work, without your home, being homeless, without your job, and not having any kind of income. Imagine your life without these things. I told my son uh, last weekend, we had the state tournament. We were in the quarterfinals, I believe, and we were playing against a very, very good team, and Finn had pitched an amazing game, but we were down two to nothing. And we were in the we were in the uh, last inning, and uh, we had two outs. We had a runner on uh, second and third, runners on second and third, and Finn was up to bat. He's been one of our best hitters all year, but unfortunately, on this time, uh, he struck out. And he did his best. He swung at good pitches. It was all he could do, but he was really, really down on himself. And I told him that his value is not in baseball. His value is not in winning the game. It is in Jesus Christ and his everlasting love for him, no matter what. You know, I think about uh, the life of my friend Steve Green, Dr. Steve Green was a pastor at our church. He was the dean of the business school at ORU. Uh, he was executive editor of Charisma Magazine. He li- he touched many, many, many lives. The older I get, and, and about to turn 50, I realize how short life really is. This is not a dress rehearsal. We don't want to rush and worry our way through life. We need to experience joy and share that with others. So today, let's abide with Jesus. 
let's appreciate all the things we have been given, mostly eternal life because uh, God gave his only son for us. And let's allow the Holy Spirit to transform us to find love, joy, and peace right now in this life on this earth. Thank you all so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you being here, and I can't wait to be back with you uh, next week for another edition of the Kingdom Driven CEO.